The Defense Department got most of the money it wanted the past three years after telling Congress it needed funds to rebuild readiness. Now DOD is asking for its biggest budget yet. And what about readiness? Federal News Network's Scott Massioni joins me with an update. And you were at the Pentagon and hearing about this talk about readiness, starting philosophically, what do they mean exactly by readiness? Right. Well, that's sort of the the real big question is uh, readiness is sort of an amorphous thing. Readiness is being militarily ready for whatever threat is out there, right? So it's something that is kind of changing constantly. It's moving. It's it's morphing into these different things. And and back in 2017, when this sort of readiness hole was, was realized and they were trying to build that back up, the idea was to uh, rebuild from the Afghanistan and, and Iraq wars, kind of look more toward the future. And uh, as time has gone on, that has shifted a little bit and, and pushed more toward the future, more toward year, near-peer adversaries. And I think the military at this point wants to be able to fight a rogue state like Iran or uh, North Korea. They want to be able to fight a uh, near-peer competitor war and also to uh, – fight international terrorism, small non-state actors. So that's a lot of different balls in the air that the military is trying to to, be, to deal with, also in a lot of different domains. Well, they can also do some measurement of readiness. They know how many ships are in dry dock being repaired and how many are afloat at sea, ready to go. They know how many airplanes can fly if they were called up in the next hour. Uh, and I guess maybe the troops are a little bit harder to gauge, but they know how many are trained, have received the requisite training and they've got standards for all that so they can measure it do they sure yeah i mean there's there's certain ways that you can measure readiness in the sense that uh you know you are ready and prepared uh to fight with the troops that you have with the the capabilities and the capacity that you have and that you uh believe that that should be out there at this point the thing is is that uh, you know i saw general dunford who's the uh chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff yesterday at the uh, Brookings Institution. And what he said was, yeah, we've we've filled the holes. We did it. Uh, the, the, the issues that we were worried about in 2017, 2018, those are mostly uh, taken care of. And, and those were force readiness. They were unit readiness. They had to do with, uh, you know, recapitalizing equipment. Um, they had to do with uh, kind of building up ammunition that had fallen apart, lack of spare parts. But now we're sort of entering this second phase of readiness, which is that they're not ready to keep their advantage uh, in in competition. The competi- competitive advantage for 2025, for 2030 against China and Russia, and, and that is that they're becoming more technical, technically savvy with things like hypersonics. The United States still needs to keep that edge that it's had for the past 20 years. And to do that, there needs to be more readiness in this sort of second sense of the definition. Yes, I remember in the 1990s, the argument was, should the DOD be able to fight a major war on two fronts simultaneously? Right. That's really like World War II. Or could they just be sufficient or satisfied with being able to fight one major war on one front and simply hold the line on the other front? And it was a big debate. And I think the Clinton administration wanted fight and hold. Maybe some of the more hawkish people in the military wanted fight on two fronts. That's all gone now. Now they're talking about a major front plus terrorism right. and the and various nuisances around the world, such as a rogue state. All right. So do they say they're ready, but not they're ready for what they meant several years ago, but not ready for the doctrine 
uh, that they have now. Right, exactly. So the holes are filled, like I said. But to get to where General Dunford thinks that the military needs to be to uh, be as far ahead of China and Russia that they want to be, that's going to take several more years of the growth that they've kept in the past three years, which means uh, a lot more than some people were expecting when it comes to giving the military the money that it's asking for. You know, they were kind of expecting things to flatten out a little bit after 2020. And this 2020 budget itself is it shows that they're trying to move toward this competitive advantage. There's a three billion dollar increase in uh, research and development. They're adding more planes, more ships. So they're doing both capacity and capability uh, growth to, to help fight these near-peer adversaries. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni, and on that near-peer idea and keeping the competitive advantage that they enjoyed since about the late 70s and early 80s when they started to develop some of the technologies they rely on now. Do you talk about what some of this research and development is aimed at and what they think need to be those capabilities? So obviously they're keeping certain things close to the vest because they don't want the near-peer adversaries to know what they're working on. But, you know, other other areas are pretty obvious. So the Army has six areas that they're working on with their Futures Command, and that is long-range precision uh, ammunition and, and, and firing. That would be uh, hypersonics. That's space, uh, cybersecurity, cyber, offensive cyber capabilities, things like that. Uh, the Defense Department itself is also looking into to missiles. That's something that they're going to be heavily uh, putting money into. So, um, you know, these these different areas that are sort of, uh, you know, not exactly fully formed but uh, are still right on the cutting edge. AI is another one, drones, swarming, that kind of stuff. So, you know, all the kind of neat uh, sci-fi things that you think about and see in the movies already is what they're working on now. Well, the closer it gets to software – the more uncertain it feels to me because <laughs> drones are drones. There's, you can buy one at the 7-Eleven. But swarming them in such a way, that's all about software, and right. that's where I worry. Right. Well, you know, that's that's another area where the Defense Department is trying to change itself, and it's trying to change its acquisition cycle in there in, the, in that way. So in the, the newest NDAA on the, the Senate side, they have some provisions in there that will make give software its own acquisition cycle, make things go faster, make uh, software more agile so that they can keep those swarms from getting attacked, right, and not end up on friendly friendly lines. Plus, they've got that new Columbia class of submarine that's going to start being constructed pretty soon, and that has some capabilities. And so does it, is it fair to say, then, that DOD is looking to keep the force, human force size pretty stable, but make it more capable through technology? That's what you'd think, but the, the the sort of dichotomy that they're working with right now in the balancing act is that the Navy itself is growing in the size of its fleet. It wants to get up to 350 ships. And then the Air Force wants to grow its squadrons, as in human people, uh, by 25%. So that's a big capacity increase that they're dealing with. At the same time, like I said, they're putting $3 billion extra in R&D. So the military is growing on both sides. And General Dunford, he said, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty he wants to make sure that capability is uh, and quality is over quantity and, and capacity. And what he said is that you can't have a good capacity without the actual capability, right? You can have a million people on horses with spears, but they're not going to do much against machine gunners or a nuclear bomb, right? Sure. So where does it go from here? Well, uh, that really depends on Congress. So we've seen the, the Democrats have taken the House, and they're looking at a more $733 billion budget. The Republicans in the Senate are pushing a more $750 billion budget. There's still not a lot of difference between those two, but I think that the Democratic side is going to push more toward uh, you know, 
bring things down a little bit and asking our allies to specialize and, and put more into things while the Senate will try and uh, push for more unilateral. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com.